Yo, 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 what's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode another episode of the Vision and Focus podcast. Today, we've got an awesome guest. He's also Canadian. He's a beast. He's a, like, you know, you know, big, big influence on Twitter as well. Dakota, what's going on? You guys might know him as well as Ronks right on Twitter. Welcome to the pod. How you doing, my man? I am Peachy Keen. I just got back from a nice hot ass walk. I'm in Austin, Texas. Uh, did some deep work at the coffee shop today. Feeling good. Uh, I am stoked to be on this podcast. Awesome. I know we're going to talk about some crazy shit. I don't know what. Yeah. We're going to talk about all type of stuff. So, how, how's living in Austin? Like, because I know you, people don't know, you know, Dakota, where, where were you? Uh, where were you at before? I was in Canada. I'm a Canadian. I say A a lot. Fucking A. I love my maple syrup. But yeah, I was in Kelowna, BC. I was born and raised there. Um, but yeah, I moved here in March and I'm living with Dan Coe uh, and our roommate Devin. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's been sweet. The weather, the food, oh my God, the food, the barbecue is unreal here. Weather's nice and hot. I mean, there's been some days where there's some fucking tornado warnings. It's been sketchy, but uh, aside from that, yeah, no, it's 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 really awesome here. I love the vibes. The people are great. Uh, everyone's just really really happy here, and yeah, I feel I feel at home here. It's awesome. It's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Seems like the move was a successful decision, you know. And so obviously living with Dan and you know living with like guys that are also building, also plays a massive impact as well in your everyday life. I don't know, were you living with other people that were building beforehand or were you more by yourself? No, man. Back before in Canada, it was like really just me and my one good friend. Uh, but like, that's about it. Like it was really lonely. Uh, just focusing on building my own shit, uh, working on business. And I just didn't relate with a lot of people back home. Uh, so I dropped a lot of friends because they were in the, the partying scene and all that. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Just, I just wanted to go a different direction. And I'm very conscious of who I keep around me because I'm a firm believer. People you surround yourself with is leaks into your mindset and who you become. So that was the main reason I wanted to move to Austin and just like go see the world a bit more and just get out of my shell and all that. But just surrounding myself with positive influences and people that are where I want to be and have habits I want to adopt and just learn from and grow together. So uh, that's been my experience so far, living with Dan and Devin, just really like synergistic. And it's been crazy to like fuck around a lot, like go out uh, on some weekends, just get into some shenanigans, but we all, we also get our shit done. Like we go to the cafe every morning, like do work for, two to six hours sometimes eight and uh just get shit done it's just a really nice flow just kind of play hard work hard uh kind of vibe and it's 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 dope man that's awesome and so you, you it also like you know being around other guys that are also you know not only like like-minded but it like like you said like you know similar synergy as well sometimes it just inspires you to sometimes could do more it could you know you have better ideas you get more you tap into that more creative space like, you know, you guys just, just talking between each other. Sometimes you get to solve each other's problems, you know, whether it's like business or life and stuff like that. So I'm sure it's been quite something with the two. Yeah, dude. It's uh, like here right now, just talking about stuff. I'm sure like 
it's, it's stuff where it's going to come up where you solidify your own understanding. I had this call the other day with David Mendez yesterday and we were just talking about stuff he's doing and stuff I'm doing. And I was giving him advice with Twitter and I was giving him some frameworks that, that kind of were in my head. But as I was talking to him, I was like, oh shit, like I was piecing things together that I didn't think about before. And I was literally came up with like different frameworks while I was on the call with him. So yeah, I'm a big believer in finding like-minded individuals or even people that aren't like-minded, completely different space, but just talking about similar subjects because you get those different angles. And right now, like I'm talking to you and I'm forced to come up with cohesive sentences or cohesive ideas and just really solidify my understanding. And the same applies to writing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just really powerful. Yeah. Were you always a writer? No, like, well, I like, it's funny. So in high or in school, I, I remember in grade one, I loved to write. Like I just, I was, wasn't good at it, but I, I just loved to write. I just loved stories, but uh, yeah, all throughout school, it was a subject I excelled at, but I just didn't enjoy because you're writing book reports about these stupid things or just dumbass subjects. Oh, you need to have a thousand words or you need to just extend it. So you're just writing and filler shit. You're like, this is boring. Uh, so yeah, I, I was always, I always excelled at it, but I just didn't care for it. And uh, the biggest, I think the biggest influence on me with my writing was I, I read a lot. I read a lot of fiction growing up, like a shit ton of books. And that definitely helped me realize what good writing was, or maybe assimilated subconsciously what good writing was, just reading so much. And then, yeah, it wasn't until Twitter that I started to love to write because I was writing about stuff I wanted to write about, write about my ideas, my views on things. And that's when I really started studying writing. So I picked up writing books and I started to look at it more technically. I started to analyze writing a bit more like, oh, how can I incorporate this into my own writing? How can I improve my writing? And yeah, it's funny. Once I started studying it, I realized how trash I was at it. So um, yeah, it was really humbling. I, I mean, I'm still not a profound writer. I still mix up uh, the words less and more, or no, less and fewer, sorry. It happens all the time on the timeline. I feel like a jackass every time I do it. But uh, yeah, I'm still learning. I'm just teaching what I, I learn. And it's been really helpful for me to, not even the writing aspect, but to formulate ideas because you're forced to, when you're editing, you're forced to cut the fluff. So with concepts, you're like, how do I simplify this to the bare bones where it has the core message and it's just simple to understand? Or with filler words, I use the words like and, and other stuff a lot. You'll notice when I talk, that's something when you edit a lot, you kind of catch yourself doing it in your speech. So it's not even just concepts, it's actual words. So it's been really helpful in all aspects of my life. And uh, yeah. Hmm. That's actually, that's really interesting. Um, I'm actually going to try that out. Like right now I'm yeah. trying to write more on a daily basis and the part, the process of editing, it's very humbling. Like you were just saying, I'm like, yeah. whoa. Like, I can't believe I'm making these, you know, dumb mistakes, right? And so, because sometimes I'm just writing and I don't think about it. But, you know, a lot of the times, 
you write too much and then once you just do a basic edit you just write a lot less and so sometimes less is more and so yeah. that applies to like a lot of things in life and i had another um, question for you real quick a lot of people have issues having ideas like even for content obviously if you can live a cool life that helps you know like mm -hmm. if you're like moving and doing that but a lot of people they they don't have some type of process for always having ideas and i mean what what process do you have to always have ideas do you keep a notebook on you at times like you know because i mean you're writing a lot and you're writing you know, so it's like how do you always constantly you know pump out that content you know because some people yes. run out you know even people who put out a lot of content out there sometimes they themselves also run out of ideas so that's yeah. why i was asking that question yeah so in the beginning you don't really have a library of stuff you can look back on so in the beginning when i started writing on twitter i would teach what i learned so i would either watch a youtube video i would read a lot of books on writing i would have an experience happen to me so like more personal stories and that's what i'd write about so i would i would kind of take information in i would process it maybe apply it and then talk about it so this is a, um, a mindset a lot of people need to adopt is that everything is content so maybe you had six eggs for, for breakfast that's fucking content like take a picture of it and just like right i eat six eggs a day or this is the key to happiness is eating six eggs a day and it's just it's something that stands out because it's you it's your experience and kind of abnormal like who the hell eats six eggs a day well i do not anymore but i did at a time i posted about it and they got a lot of engagement now. like i think i had one post got like two thousand likes just talking about like i eat six eggs a day so it's just like literally everything is content what are you learning right now that is content what happened to you last night that was kind of out of the blue that is content what is um an opinion you hold that you think other people should adopt that is content even if people disagree well you're inviting people to disagree and you get engagement and all that um, so yeah, in the beginning, I would definitely suggest teach what you learn, teach what you apply, talk about maybe mistakes you've made in the past, uh, talk about your own experience and you don't have to be an expert to talk about marketing, writing or whatever. Like, don't pretend to be an expert, but like talk about your experience. So, uh, maybe your experience with trying to land a client in the DMS, like, like what went well, or what are you going to try in the future? Uh, stuff like that. And then over time, it gets a lot easier because you recognize patterns like, oh, this does really well with my audience or, oh, people really like when I talk about stories or people like when I talk about lists or whatever. And then say the span of six months or a year, you could even repurpose old content. I do this all the time now. I have a swipe file where I have like all my best performing tweets. I just go look at that. And since my audience is growing every day, there's people that haven't seen that content. So there's nothing wrong with going into it, repurposing it, and just putting it back on the timeline. Um, so say if I have a list of five ways to improve your writing, I could also flip that. Five, five mistakes to avoid in your writing. So it's just like taking the same idea with things and applying it in different formats maybe. So mm -hmm. I could have a one-liner and then I turn that into a list. I could have a list turn that into a two by three list, uh, just different ways of doing things. And then over time, it's just a matter of iteration. Like you're just going to get better at it over time. 
Um, but the main thing is you have to do it every day. Like this is something similar Dan Co and I um, have ideas on. It's like you have to show up every day, even if it's just like one tweet or like one whatever. Um, if you don't, you die. Like you got to adopt that mindset. Like your dick falls off or you, your head explodes or some shit, like something crazy happens. Yeah. So you have to show up consistently and that's how you get better. Like it's, it's a cliche, but like you got to put in the reps and it gets easier over time. Yeah, just show up. It's like any anything, you know, first time going to the gym, it's going to be very, very rough. And then you show up another time yeah. and you go another time. And yeah. I'm going to that we'll, we'll dive more into that a little later because I know yeah. you've had quite a transformation, fitness, health transformation as well. Um, but what do you think as well of building in public? A lot of people talk about building in public and I'm curious, how would you go about it? Some people want to build in public, but don't want to dox all of their numbers, you know, but still want to display what they're building. Some people don't know how to approach it, right? How deep should they go? So, you know, for anybody right now thinking of building in public, um, what would be some advice you'd give them, on, especially specifically on Twitter? What advice would you give them, you know? Yeah, so I think a lot of people don't want to build in public because they're scared of being judged. So they like, try to front as being an expert. And from my experience, it's a, it's showing your vulnerability. So that's a hard word for, for me for some reason. Um, but showing your, your, weak, your weak points and just being honest and showing, yeah, so I try to get results for a client, um, made some mistakes, but this is what I'm going to do to fix it. And then you could even like turn that into a thread, like how I failed at email marketing and then turn into a four figure a month business or like just getting those small wins along the way and just documenting the process. I believe Gary V and Hormozy talk about that is um, document, don't create or something like that, where you just, you document your experience. Uh, this is something I need to do more of, but um, yeah, instead of telling people, you need to do x y and z you can say this is x y and z worked for me um here's how you can apply it if you want to do it mm. and by doing that you're you you're helping the people behind you so you don't have to be an expert you just have to be helping the people behind you so um it, it's beneficial to people in a lot of ways because one they get to see your transformation and you're building authority over that timeline and people feel like they're, they're on the journey with you. And then two, a beginner is going to learn more from an intermediate usually because the intermediate remembers exactly what it's like to be a beginner and knows the nuance of the nuance of it a bit fresher. It's fresher in their mind opposed to an expert that's maybe has like 40 years experience. Well, they kind of forget what it's like at year two opposed to intermediate who's on year four or three so um yeah i, I would highly recommend it uh, you don't have to share your numbers like oh i'm doing 5k a month or one thousand dollars a month like you could just say hey this is what worked for me um don't have to disclose numbers or shit like that but uh yeah ironically like that's, you're gonna grow more if you, you're taking that approach because it's just it's human. You're showing your flaws and people like that because they feel they relate to that because at the core, like a lot of people, they're, they're struggling or 
uh, they're just sick of everyone fronting like they're experts, billionaires, fucking popping bottles on models' asses or whatever. Like they, they, it's it's just human to go through struggle. And when they see someone that's honest, they're like, yes, that guy just being real. Like he's not fronting; he's showing the actual process. So when he does win, make a big win, it's like that much more impactful because you've seen him fuck up or you've seen him admit his flaws. So it's yeah, it's really powerful doing that stuff. Yeah, I think transparency and then keeping it relatable. But when you're transparent, a lot of the times you're also relatable. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, and so vice, like a lot of times when you're relatable, it's also because you keep sometimes because you're transparent, and so naturally also people trust you more, and so therefore you're able to build an authority because like it's true. Like most people only show the wins, you know. Yet if you're building anything, it's gonna be it's not gonna be easy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of struggle, right? No, and then some people talk about it, but I don't think people talk enough about, you know, how it's, it's, it's rough at the beginning, you know, to eventually even build up some momentum, especially with business, right? Most people tell you it's not going to work out and it's easier as well to have a lot of people who don't support you, you know, like, because it's like, you're doing something that's like out of the norm. And especially when it's online, especially when it's online as well, like let's not even get started. Like, you know what I mean? Like you start talking to friends or family members and it's very easy to hate, especially when you're not doing so good and you're in the early phase, you know? And so this is why I think documenting really early on is like super key. Like I've actually been documenting, but like keeping it private. So I've been recording, like, like I just rolled my phone or my laptop. I just talked to the camera for like 10 minutes every month, every two weeks. And so I just update on like every aspect of my life for the last i've done that for the last eight months and so i just save it on like a playlist that's like unlisted on youtube so i look back to eight months ago and i was like wow that was me you know and it's the coolest you, thing ever do you plan on making that public someday yeah soon that's actually cool. that's but like cool. there was some oh there's some days dude i was like it was actually a day there was like two three days where like everything crumbled everything crashed and so I documented during that moment. I was like, yo, guys, this is what happened, you know? And I was like, well, like looking back, at, I looked at that video actually two days ago and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm so happy I recorded those moments because back then that was a very, very difficult moment where like health wise wasn't good. Business wasn't good. Everything, everything was down, you know, but that's part of the process, part of the journey, you know? And I think even documenting that on Twitter, even through words, people can read through words. It's unbelievable you know and so documenting that up people people love that you know and i think you've done an excellent job with your personal brand like it's it's actually insane seeing your growth like i remember following you when you had like a couple thousand followers like it couldn't have been more than four or five thousand had to be a little less and what what happened what what was the shift what what was the shift (laughs) when did you decide to like okay let's go let's go ham with this yeah um i just got decent at writing threads and as i wrote more threads i built my confidence as a writer like i started to adopt the identity of a writer and i i just leaned into more i started to trust myself taking more risk with stuff um but yeah it was crazy man i remember at twelve thousand followers i started growing like 100 a day and i got to twenty thousand followers and then i just started popping off like i had a couple threads to get ten thousand likes just ten thousand followers or no fifty thousand likes ten thousand followers um 
in like one thread. There's a point I was growing a thousand followers a day. Like I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, that was absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, just threads. I really understood the principles behind the threads and I started developing my own frameworks for going viral on Twitter. I still apply it. And I see people like trying to copy my headlines and shit and all that. It's, it's working That's for neat. them. I actually know I picked up on that. Actually. Yeah, it's funny, man. It's just seeing, seeing the people take the headlines. I don't mind. It's uh, yeah, it's funny, but I, I understand the principles of what makes things go viral now. And I just continually apply it to my threads and yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. And like also the network that plays a huge role. So I got coaching from Dan Co at around 5,000 followers or something. And that opened me up to a larger network of people. So that definitely played a part because if you have people with big accounts retweeting you, well, you're, you're just got way more leverage than people that just don't have that network. So you could write the best threads but if you don't have distribution on those threads, it doesn't matter if you have the best thread if no one's going to see it. So you need retweets from bigger accounts. Um, and that's that's been a huge part too, is like I've bought retweets from big accounts and I can do that because I'm actually like making money with business. I'm not just fronting, selling bullshit courses. Like I'm actually out here like doing the business aspect so I can invest further into my own personal brand and like get more distribution that way. And, um, yeah, it's, it's literally like a, it's, I view my Twitter account as an investment and I'm okay with like spending hundreds of dollars on retweets every month. Um, so like, that's a big aspect too. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not saying like, I'm writing the craziest content. I just like nailed content, um, the elements of virality and I have the distribution aspect. So, uh, that, that was like the biggest shift for me it was like learning how to write, learning what makes a good thread the psychology behind it and the nailing distribution awesome yeah i mean your threads are really good like even if you didn't have a bunch of those big like i mean you would have people retweeting you no matter what you know yeah so it's like yeah a lot of people who else talks about this like nick rogers talks about like you know like the quality of your content is super super important if your the quality of your content isn't good it won't like it won't pan out you know, like yeah. your brand won't won't pop off ever, ever. It doesn't matter who you are, right? If the quality of your content isn't good, with it's on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever it is, right? It's not gonna pop off. So first of all, you nailed that down, and then obviously you build up the right network, build up the right people, learn from the right people, right? And now as well, now that you build it up, dude, you also have access to a lot more. You know, it opens up some doors. I'm sure. Like you have ninety-seven thousand, I think ninety-seven or ninety-eight. You 90, have like ninety-three. Oh, ninety-three. Dude, yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about in the future. You're gonna hit 100k soon. Um, yeah. But like, you you DM anybody, they'll they'll check out your your DM. That's yeah. some powerful stuff. And then on Twitter, you could there's some really interesting characters you could you could reach out to. You know, like you want to start a podcast tomorrow, you could get literally anyone on. Yeah. You know, because directly it places you as an, it, it it places you as an authority right away. Yeah, yeah, people say, oh, followers don't count. They do. They do. Stop lying to yourself, bro. Yeah. You know? It does. It, it's, so, yeah, social currency. Like, a lot of people, they want to neglect that part. But, yeah, man, if you see someone with 100K followers in your DMs, you're going to answer it, like, nine times out of ten. 
Um, and then also it plays into um, growing in different aspects. So I am growing on IG now and I don't have it as big as leverage on IG. So I've been leveraging my Twitter audience like, Hey, if you uh, help me out on IG, I'll help you out on Twitter. So it's, it's just like, you can use these different forms of social currency in different platforms and now i'm on i grew a 15k on instagram in 30 days crazy. Like, that's fucked man it's crazy um so it's like at a certain point you just win the game like it's 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 crazy it's it's yeah. actually sick like in the beginning yeah you got to put in like a shit ton of hours and sometimes you have people doubting you or they're hating on you and all that bullshit. but if you just keep showing up and man it, it's just exponential the growth it's absolutely nuts yeah now as well you could like you could distribute the traffic that you're having from your your audience to anything. Like now, yeah. you could recreate multiple businesses. Like tomorrow, yeah. you want to start something, boom. You, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like you nurture you like you nurture your, your 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 audience with a bit of content around what you're you're trying to build. Boom, you could launch it. Yeah. Like once you build that, it's like a, such a huge asset. Like it's unbelievable. And then now you could use that to build up an email list. You know. Yeah. Now exactly. that's that's like a bulletproof asset. No matter what happens tomorrow, you have people who are ready to buy from you through your email list. You know, so it's like it's gold. Like audience buildings, like it's 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 such a sick asset. Like you could do anything. You could it, you could grow your network. It could bring you business opportunities. You know, it makes you look as an authority. So it's like it's so. And you're sick. nurturing. You're nurturing your leads throughout the way. So the people. Like you so you pay you like spend money on an ad like those people don't know you so you have to build that trust all that stuff like the copy has to do way more work for you but if these people have been following you for a year the whole journey they man they know you they know your story they know you know your shit um they like you they trust you so if you just like you spin up an offer and like hey you want to buy this fuck yeah i want to buy this like i've been following you for all this time like yeah hook me up man so that that plays a huge aspect and then man the compounding effect so with ads, you pay $1, you get X result or whatever. With audience building, that shit is reoccurring. You don't got to pay shit. Like, sure, there's time investment. But once you have that network, man, I'm getting like tens of thousands of dollars of free traffic every month. Like, it's, it's absolutely insane. Like, it would be nuts to pay for that on, like, Facebook ads or something. So, yeah. And then, it's, again, it's the aspect. You're warming up your audience. You're, they're getting to know you. So like they're more likely to convert. It's it's absolutely insane. Um, mm. it, yeah, I'm surprised there aren't more people trying to build an audience. Like it's it's mind boggling, man. What what's the big? Why do are most people unable to grow an audience? And I'm, I think I might know the answer for this for a few things, but I'm curious to know your answer. Like yeah, people so who actually try but just keep failing, you know? Yes. So one, they're just not consistent so maybe they're like oh i'll tweet today like i feel like it or whatever it's like no it doesn't work like that like you tweet every day or your dick falls off and then two they're doing shit that doesn't work so they're just like oh if i just like work hard uh it's gonna happen eventually it's like no you gotta look at the results you're getting and you're like okay so i'm only growing two followers a day obviously there's something wrong because there's accounts my size growing hundreds of followers a day so like, what can I do to study these people and 
iterate on what is working and drop what isn't, maybe experiment with different ways, buy coaching, buy a course, uh, just improve my own skill set or whatever, and keep doing that until I get better results. So like I had an account before the one I got now, I had that for three months. I only grew to 750 followers. Meanwhile, I remember one day I had an epiphany because I saw this copywriting account. He grew to a thousand followers in 30 days. So I looked at him and I looked at what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm definitely doing something wrong because this guy just showed me what's possible. So how can I do what this guy's doing? So I started, I studied his account. I hopped on a couple calls with him and yeah, that's what made me pivot to a copywriting slash writing account was because I saw it was working for this guy and it was something I wanted to learn too. So it's, it, you, you can't just work hard. You've got to work smart and iterate. And then the other aspect is like, people just aren't that interesting. Like they don't live an interesting life. There's like saying the same old shit. Um, and it comes down to supply and demand. So if I'm like everybody else, I'm not giving incentive for people to follow. And the last thing, I think the biggest thing is people just aren't tweeting valuable shit. So if I'm telling people to drink water, okay, cool. I don't give a fuck. But if I'm telling you how to make money online, well, more people are going to care about that because you're actually being useful. You're actually improving people's lives. So that's the, like, that's the biggest thing. Like a lot of people just uh, they're treating basic shit and they're not getting growth and they're wondering why as well. Yeah. You're doing the same thing as everybody else. Yeah, and I think also some accounts, like especially personal brands, they have like a personality almost where even if the person, you, if, even if you could not see their profile username or their profile pic, you could, you could almost tell who it is. So yeah. having your own voice is huge. I think Log, Log, Log Fitz, Logan was talking about this. Log Fitz, right? He was yeah. talking about having your own voice. Like, if tomorrow you were to restart your Twitter account, would you be able to like bring it back up and have something that resonates with people? Yeah, and I think that's yeah. super important because you see a lot of like massive, massive accounts who tweet, you know, really basic ass platitude, and there, there's never something. It's not that value. I mean, for beginners, maybe to get them to red pill them a little bit. But to a certain point, you're not you're you're building an audience that's following you, but it's not really connected to you. You know, then what you and Dan are doing, you're building an audience that's actually really connected to you guys, and has that connection. So it's like whenever you guys ask for something or you had a call to action, people follow through with it. And I think that's also why you guys have so much success. I mean, you guys have been super consistent and doing it for a while. You know, let's not lie to each other, right? Like you, there's a you got to be consistent for an extended period of time, and put out great content and connect with the right people as well like have the right distribution channel and you're bound to make it and obviously you guys like refine your skill set so it's like you're like people think oh you just write like this right you just go on a computer and type yes but the thing is you you know you read a lot of writing books you know you're saying earlier you 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 studied other people's accounts like there's been work that been put in to get to the point and i think some people might not be fully aware about it right yeah, like they only see the result. They don't see all like the hundreds, probably thousands of hours I've spent studying shit, applying new stuff. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a process. It's not it's not easy, but when you enjoy it, it it's definitely it's definitely fun learning about the stuff. 
and like when you get the feedback loop going so you have a thread pop off you know spike of dopamine well then it makes that whole process more enjoyable so you get that feedback loop you're like oh i want to do this again so you keep getting those like small wins and you celebrate celebrate those small wins then you're more prone to like keep showing up and doing the hard work and uh yeah like that's something a lot of people don't do enough of too is they're just uh they're not celebrating their wins mm. you should do that along the way yeah respect your dopamine a bit yeah and did you discover twitter bef like uh, before you started a business or after uh yeah so that was well that's kind of like a mix so I, I was originally on twitter because i was balls deep into crypto and uh that's where i got all my news from so uh, naturally i stumbled across money twitter um but yeah so since the age of 18 i it all started with uh the book rich dad poor dad not a revolutionary book but that was the first self-improvement book like non-fiction book i read and right away i was hooked i was like oh this is sick like kind of form your own life like buy yourself freedom through investing and then uh, i was like well, okay what else can i read so i my friend also had the book think and grow rich so i read that and that kind of started forming my mindset towards other things so i was like oh i want to keep reading these self-improvement books and like a lot of them get a lot of hate like think and grow rich i don't care like it uh it, it formulated my mind it made me realize there's different opportunities and that's what like funneled me towards started going down like the psychology route and then i started going down body language or cognitive bias and then uh, i don't know what else like more mindset books leadership books philosophy writing uh, copywriting sales uh, marketing all that stuff so um yeah and then i remember from the ages of like 18 to 22 i was trying all kinds of shit so i tried flipping on ebay i tried um amazon fba i tried blogging i tried uh fixing iphones and reselling them like all kinds of like day trading all kinds of different shit um but i just didn't really click too much with those so i'd give up after a few weeks it's, it's obvious that it wasn't going to work out for me because i just gave up on it and then yeah once i stumbled across twitter i i had that spark of interest i'm like oh this is actually kind of cool and i had no idea what the fuck i was doing at the time but i, I I knew I had that desire and it was just finding a way to channel it. And I was like, okay, like I can see myself doing this for a while. I'm going to make this shit work. I don't care how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this shit work. And yeah, like at the time I, I was in my second year of college. I, I was, uh, yeah, I, I decided to fucking drop out of, out of my second year of college because I was learning more on Twitter because uh the people like the in the space were just dropping bombs of like with threads or like tweets and it's like holy shit i'm learning more from twitter than i am in college like this is this is crazy so i was like fuck this dropped out of second year of college um quit my job and just like went balls to the wall on online business like learning all these different skills so copywriting web design and yeah i went i went ham with that and i like to preface I didn't just like drop everything, burn the ship shit. Like I made a lot of money from crypto. So like I was good. Like I had a lot of money I could like fall back on and afford to live off my own 
savings. So I wouldn't recommend people just like fucking, if you have like $200 savings, just like screw it, I'm going to make it work, quit my job and all this shit. It's like, no, you should like have six months at least of savings you can fall back on so you can pursue business. And so you're not operating from a scarcity mindset. You're more abundant and you're, you're more okay to take risks or try different shit. So um, yeah, just a quick warning with that. But yeah, so definitely tried some things with business before Twitter, but it wasn't too serious. So I would say, yeah, I really definitely got serious like after Twitter when yeah. I just dedicated, like, I'm going to make this shit work. Yeah, going, going all in. And then did you have to try a couple more businesses until you've kind of found your thing or... Was it pretty direct? Yeah. So originally I had a few, so I started out, I wanted to be a like kind of philosophy fitness account. I didn't really pan out. Um, and it's funny cause, uh, at the time I was jacked, I am jacked, but like at the time I was jacked and I was like, I could totally do fitness, but I wasn't like absolutely mind, mind blowingly shredded. So I was like, ah, I won't be a fitness account, whatever. Um, so it's fine. I could have been a fitness account, but, um, yeah, so at the time I was also learning web design because I thought it was cool. I was also learning it for our Amazon storage, so like funnel traffic and shit. Um, but yeah, so I was learning web design and I was like, oh, copywriting would be a good complement to web design so I could like charge higher prices or whatever. So I started, I started a copywriting account to learn copywriting. So I was just teaching what I was learning and I was, I was kind of documenting the journey. And uh, it helped solidify my my knowledge. And uh, yeah, so like I was starting to see success with the copywriting and the writing. And originally thought I was going to do web design and do the copywriting for the landing pages. So like sell it as a package. Um, ended up going like deeper into the writing more than the web design. Um, and I was growing my account at a good rate. So I was like, oh shit, like I can also like do ghostwriting because JK Molina paved the way. I thought that was cool. It sounds fucking dope to say you're a ghostwriter. Put that in the bio. So I was like, well shit, why don't I do all three? I'll create the landing page. I'll write the copy for the landing page and I'll ghostwrite for people and send the traffic from the Twitter account to the landing page and convert. It's the best offer ever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was just too much shit going on there. That, didn't do too well. Um, I mean, I didn't try to get too many clients with that, but it was just like, it's a fucking mess of an offer. Um, and it was just confusing as shit, like trying to tell somebody, okay, now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do that. And like, no one really cares. So um, yeah, I quickly scrapped that, just decided, okay, fuck it. I'm going to do ghostwriting because there's all these copywriters. And in a sense, ghostwriting is like a niche of copywriting. And I, I thought, okay, why would I start at here in the copywriting world when I already know how to grow my account? There's way less competition. So I can start from here and be like a big fish in a small pond. It's just way more lucrative. And yeah, I was right. So there's like a shit ton of demand for a good ghostwriter. And um, I landed my first client in November. Um, so I built my landing page and all that and wrote the copy and uh, yeah, I just put a link in my bio, never promoted it once. Um, yeah, I got an inbound lead like within I think, like a week or two of um, launching that and yeah, landed them for like 3k a month um, or for them 
did, did good work for them and uh, started landing more clients. Got, I think the second client was 5K a month uh, within like a week or two after landing that first client. Landed another client for like fucking another like 3,500 or something. So Snowball, snowball effect. Yeah, it's dude, like dude, it was crazy. I got to 10K in like 30 days. It was nuts. Oh, that's so sick. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where you're like, okay, this is this is it. This is the sauce. Yeah. Yeah. So I just went all into it. Um, iterated on my offer like a few times. Uh, now I got a pretty sick one that is like a lot of people want it. I have to like, I have so many fucking leads. It's crazy. Like I, I'm literally shoveling them to other people that I'm coaching with a ghost ram. Like take these leads. Like I can't handle them, man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's dope. It's because sick. right now you're like when i think about ghostwriting for twitter i think about you and two other people like that's it like in terms yeah. of the go-to guys for me right i mean it might be for other people i think you jk and guillerme that's the like right away like it's like when you think about seo you think about what's his name you think about Caval. Yeah. you know what i mean it's like a yeah. no-brainer it's like okay this boom this that you know so yeah. it's like that's that's the advantage of being an authority on twitter it's like yeah. you get to a point where you just get way too many people coming to you. You don't have to ever have to do, you know, cold email outreach, you know, set yeah. domains and all that shit. <laughs> you know? well, it's, a, it's like, it's, it's cause I put in the work and my Twitter account is the authority. Like you see my threads, like just pop off. So like, Oh, this guy actually knows what he's doing. Pose these ghosts, like other ghost writers, man, they can barely get 10 likes. And it's like, Oh, you're going to grow my account. Like, bro, I think you need a ghost writer. So it's like that. It's also documenting the process. So, uh, with Ghostwriting, it's easy because you could just see, like, oh, he had a thread do 10,000 likes. He can do that for me. But if you're, say, I don't know, a copywriter or email marketer or web designer, you can show client wins, like, oh, look what I did for my client recently. And just so, like, document what you're doing along the way on the Twitter timeline or, like, do threads or post screenshots or do whatever. And that, builds your authority, builds your social proof, builds your trust. And that's like a, that's a way to get clients is just your, mm. your personal brand. Yeah. I, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, I heard when you were younger, you were like, I was listening to your other podcast that you were a little, a little more trapped for people that aren't seeing all, like the video podcast. I know the code is like super jacked, but like you wouldn't, th you wouldn't think dude, you wouldn't think bro. Like really, you wouldn't think that before you were like, you had more weight, you were overweight, you know? And so you had a transformation that occurred. And so how, how do you think the discipline, you know? Cause I know getting in shape is not easy, right? Mm -hmm. And so, especially when you're starting from a point where you have a bit more weight, even though I never was much very overweight, but some people listening right now might be. So how, first of all, how were you able to make the shift? And do you think the transformation disciplines have been able, have redirected into your business as well? Like, you know, Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. I, I talk about this is like the most successful business people I know are all just freaks in the gym or they all have the habit of going to the gym and yeah, so like for me, it started like I, I was overweight as a kid. I wasn't morbidly obese or anything, but yeah, I was I was fat, and like people like to point out like I was called a chubby chunker. <laughs> that was pretty funny, or I was known as Dakota, that fat kid. And man, it was, it was fucking humiliating, just like being known as that and like feeling less than. 
and you're told that enough times as a kid like you you're you're fat or you're just treated less than and you you start to adopt that identity because you're getting that feedback you're like oh like all these people see me this way i guess i am like that because you're super impressionable as a kid too so that didn't help and yeah man i i didn't like myself i felt like a fucking loser i had social anxiety i was very shy i i just didn't like who i was and it was shitty because like i knew i had this potential but in reality like i wasn't living up to that and it was just it was really it was hard for me and um yeah i'm i'm really grateful because my stepdad um we started going to the YMCA together at around age 12. Um, I don't know what the hell sparked it, but um, yeah, we went, we started going to these boot camp classes and we had these TRX bands and it was like a group fitness and had this instructor yelling at us and it was fucking intense and I fucking loved it. And I guess a bit uh, to preface that, like I was in sports my whole life too. Uh, so jujitsu definitely played a big role in my discipline, my work ethic and all that. I was forced into dance class, all these other like sports and shit. But like that, like showing up to there every day, like really built that mindset, like, okay, like build that discipline. Like this may suck, but it's like, it's good for you. Like keep doing it or develop that work ethic, show up when you don't feel like it. So that definitely ran parallel with going to the gym or these group fitness classes where sure, during the time of the workout, you're fucking pouring sweat, you're, your muscles age, you're like, holy shit, this is intense for like a good 45 minutes to an hour. But after when you're done, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe I just did that. So you get that dopamine spike and it just feels good. You're like, fuck yeah. Like, and then another thing is like you're channeling, you kind of like got to get out of your head. You just got to channel your emotions and think like, okay, like people call me a fat fucking loser. Like they think I'm a loser and um all this shit like you don't like yourself you're like fuck this like you're kind of when you're in the gym you're kind of running away from who you don't want to be and that was a big motivator for me so like every time i would hit the gym like fucking like one step closer to uh becoming the person i want to be i'm not i'm not this fucking loser like i'm less of this loser now and i i did i just kept fucking going to the gym kept going to the gym wake up at like 5 a.m. before school, go to the gym for an hour, fucking shower, go to school. And I was doing that shit. I was going crazy for like a good year. And I remember a couple months in, I looked in the mirror one day and I saw like, I had like muscle definition, like like near my ab and like the V part. I was like, holy shit, this shit works. And right there, I was like, I was fucking hooked. I was so hooked. I couldn't, I probably stare in the mirror for a good 20 minutes. Like, this is crazy, man. Like, this, like, just seeing some definition. And I, I got so hyped. And it was like, at that point, I just went fucking crazy. Like, I would work out in those classes. Like, there's sometimes, some, some days where I, I worked out so hard, I had to run to the bathroom to throw up. I fucking loved it. I loved it so much. I was like, yes, let's, let's fucking go. And, um, yeah, I kept it, doing that, switched to weights eventually, um, got fucking jacked. And uh, yeah, uh, it was it was cool because it was really humbling just seeing how people treat you differently based on how you look and then also like how you treat yourself. So if you're, you're, your perception is 
is changed by how you see yourself in the mirror starts to affect your mind a bit. And then how other people start treating you, you kind of take that feedback again and um, you exude more confidence. But like that was like, it wasn't like once I got jacked, I was super confident. Like, no, I was still socially anxious, felt like a fraud. And like, even though people didn't see me that way, it was all that conditioning from when I was a fat kid. And that took fucking years of work just to overcome that. And it still pops up to this day sometimes, but I've, I've, I've got most of it handled. Like I'm a fairly confident person now. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a process. Definitely wasn't easy, but it was again, the consistency of showing up and uh, if I did fuck up some days and like eat binge eat Oreos or whatever, it's like, okay, like, you know what? Um, instead of beating myself up over this, it's like, okay, just like, fuck it that happened you fucked up let's move on to the next day how can we win today and tomorrow and get back on the path so yeah it was a lot of consistency and uh to answer your other question yeah like the discipline you you develop in the gym or like any sports it, it definitely translates to business 100 percent is it's just that understanding the consistency mindset and showing up every day and understanding even if you get like a fraction of a percent improvement that's what separates the good from the great and it sort of translates to business so yeah i totally agree that was spot on i think a lot of people right now like this podcast is for like the younger version of me or us you know people who are just starting or are trying to figure it out and don't know how to make it you know they think it's like unattainable to be super jacked they think it's unattainable to have you know a you know really successful online business you know and like you know you you would have you know if you knew how you were now you know what back then maybe you would have been like no way you know what i mean and yeah. so how would you say how would you a lot of people right now a lot of people have like their own mind is the thing limiting them from being where they want to be and so i think showing up is really important but would you have any other tips for re almost re-brainwashing yourself to the right you know into becoming the person you want to be because a lot of people especially when you're a kid your environment influences you massively and so sometimes you know it's like you can't do nothing you're 12 you're 13 you're 14 you want to tap into you know into that potential of yours but everybody around you is not the right influence you know how would you recommend that kid or that younger dakota right to rebrainwash it like i mean you you were able to pull it off a lot of people aren't so if you had any tips for anyone right now um yeah okay oh yeah go for it. um one of the biggest is changing what you consume so that's one of the easiest ones you can do right away so if you're surrounded by a negative people maybe friends family or whatever so limit your contact with them and and even if like say if everyone around you is negative fuck just get your input from books like maybe like shut out everybody like if you have to like shut out everyone get your input your input from books podcasts youtube videos um and, and get it in that way because if you're always always be being told no or you're conditioned to think a certain way like you're you're fucked so you need to start finding different inputs and that's what's gonna slowly condition you to think otherwise and find like oh maybe maybe all these people around me tell me no or wrong 
maybe I, maybe there is a way to do X, Y, Z. So like, that's, that's one of the easiest things you can start doing. And then another thing that helped me uh, like a crazy amount is journaling. So at the age of 18, I was an electrician and I was working 12 hours a day, every day for like two weeks stints. And yeah, I was getting fucking depressed because I was like the youngest guy there. I get a lot of shit from coworkers. They're all miserable. I was away from friends and family. I was like getting on the brink of depression, man. And so I, I, I think I heard it from a podcast. I, I have it documented in my journal. Um, it's like, oh, I'm going to start journaling now and see where this goes. And yeah, I made it a habit to journal almost every day. And I would talk about how I was feeling and I would just work through a lot of problems in my head and try to be optimistic. And that really brought a lot of self-awareness to a lot of problems I was facing. And when you write, it forces you to focus on one idea or one concept. So you get to work through the problem because if you're in your head, you're switching from idea to idea. But if you're writing on paper, you, you see where you are, you can, you can like flesh out the idea and get to the root of the problem. And that was, that was really helpful for me was just seeing how logical I was being. So like on paper, you kind of, you can analyze things a bit better. And now like it kind of contrasts with working out. So like working out, you kind of got to chart or you got to prime yourself with emotional energy. But if you're emotional, like you're anxious or depressed or whatever, you have to channel the logical side. So maybe I have social anxiety and I'm just like really worried about some event coming up. Well, you can look at it logically. Like you kind of like turn off your brain, like, okay, let's look at it logically. So do, why would these people not like me? Oh, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, well, like, what's the proof to support this? Oh, I don't have any. And you can like work shit out that way. Um, and then another big thing, it's huge for me to realize this. It took me years, like till the age of like 22 to realize this, but like challenging your beliefs. So you could, you could say, this is what I used to do all the time. Like, oh, I have social anxiety. I identify as someone with social anxiety. Uh, it's just like how I am. And then I read a book, The Seven Pillars of Self-Esteem, where he talked about challenging your beliefs. So saying, I am, I have social anxiety. Well, is this true? Like, what if you didn't? Like, what if, what if you stopped identifying with the feeling of having social anxiety? Because once you identify with a feeling, you're fucked because you are going to embody that. But if you say, I'm experiencing social anxiety, but I'm not socially anxious, well, then it just becomes a feeling. And then you separate your identity with the feeling and it loses power over you. Or you can even reframe it. Like, I'm not socially anxious. I'm excited. It's just, it's just a feeling. Like, that's all it is. And then it loses power over you. Um, and also like flipping the script on this shit. So you could say, okay, like, let's look at times like I'm confident. Like I, I did X, Y, Z in the past. Well, that shows that I'm confident because I, maybe like I got that chick's number at the cafe or I, I don't know, got the winning touchdown on the football game or whatever you want to say. Like you look at stories in the past that are actually true 
and you use that to build up your identity. You're like, okay, let's look at all these that happened in the past. So it's not affirmation. So you're not looking in the mirror like I am healthy, wealthy, wise, or whatever like bullshit. You're you're actually like taking stories that are true and have evidence behind it, and using that. You're like, okay, yeah, okay, I am confident. I did this. I did that, or whatever. And then over time, you just start recognizing like when bullshit thought patterns come up, like, oh, you're socially anxious, you're a piece of shit, whatever. It's like, no, that's bullshit. Let's look at times where I wasn't. And yeah, over time, you just condition yourself. Again, it's the consistency, like going to the gym, like with Twitter, like with business, just conditioning yourself to show up consistently. And um, yeah, over time, you'll, you'll get those wins and you'll start to adopt a new identity. And then, yeah, man, like it just, it's just like a matter of being okay with failing or like perceived failure and just like understanding it's it's you're you're iterating you're not failing you're iterating you're finding what doesn't work and you're iterating on what does work and you're just finding different ways to become the person you want to become and yeah those are the biggest tips i have them that was good that was some (laughs) solid stuff yo guys take some notes and even that book the seven pillars of self-esteem this should be like a mandatory read in every single schools. Like yeah. no joke. Like it's not like a lot of the times you know already what to do. You have all the information. You know sometimes you even know the right people, and things are still not working. It's literally like internal work that you have to do on yourself. Especially yeah. if you come from a place where, you know, let's say you don't have the best blueprint. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you you have to do some extra work early on, to you know in terms of your beliefs in terms of how you think you know how you see things so dude that book that book's a must and obviously you guys take some notes i hope you guys take some notes to the podcast because dakota's dropping some bombs out here i wish i had like this little button you know whenever you drop a bomb I just <laughs> click, boom, 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 boom. like have a so, horn yeah. yeah yeah so i've got i think two two more questions because yeah. i want to i don't want to keep you on too 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 long um yeah. one of them is going to be a selfish question um so building let's say if if what are some tips for someone who's trying to like really i mean you kind of already covered this a little bit but like if someone wants to actively grow their personal brand again like seriously strictly organically what's what are some basic tips um yeah that are actionable tips to to implement yeah so ah, go ahead just go viral easy I'm just gonna start tweeting. I'm just gonna start <laughs> tweeting some extremely controversial stuff. Next thing you know, I'm getting like canceled or something. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, like, the biggest thing about branding is you kind of gotta mix shit up. We don't have to. You do your own way. But this is what worked for me: is tweet authority content. So whatever your niche is. Uh, so mine was writing. So I would, like, pretty much every day, I would tweet one tweet on how to improve your writing or how to improve your copywriting, shit like that. So authority, whatever niche you're in, tweet every day or try to, um, useful shit that people will get value from. So if I have a fitness count, maybe something about nutrition or something about lifting weights or whatever. And then second one is personality tweets. So do you have opinions about something? Do you have a story that happened to you? Do you do weird shit like eat six eggs a day? Document it. Talk about it. Because that's what's going to make you feel like a real person and create that 
relatability with your audience, even if people don't relate to eating six eggs a day, well, it's, it's just like, oh, that's him. He eats six eggs a day or he, I don't know, he looks like a Chad or he listens to Hans Zimmer when he goes to the cafe and does deep work. It's just like creating these different, like becoming a human, like you're being a human. It's a personal brand. So you show your personality and like, don't be afraid to disagree with people. So like, I don't think people should get married in their twenties. I'm vocal about this. Like people may disagree, but they respect it. Cause like, that is my opinion. I know a lot of people don't hold it, but I, I, I hold that opinion. So it's just like kind of getting comfortable being vulnerable and showing your interests and making yourself be a human. Um, and then the third type of tweet is the growth tweets. So these are the drink water or like do deep work tweets where it's kind of like surface level stuff, but like it, it gets good engagement and uh, gets eyes on your account. And so by getting the growth tweets, you kind of get eyes on your account and get engagement. And then they see the authority tweets, so you're giving value and they see the personal tweets, they see you're a person and it makes them want to follow you because you're like, you have all these pillars covered and you just like keep rotating that type of content and it just like snowballs and has a synergy effect where you just like starts growing like crazy. Um, the other aspect is like get a good network. So you don't have to pay for retweets, but you could make friends with other creators. I have uh, a few good friends. That's just yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's what I did early on with my uh, second account is right away. I started a group on discord where we all kind of like traded retweets, like nothing forced or anything, but if you like something like, like it, comment, retweet, whatever. And over time you all are going to build your own network and then it just snowballs into like this massive network you guys can leverage from each other and you're just going to grow so much faster that way um and then the other aspect is threads like getting good at writing threads so like those are the main driver of growth like hands down like 80 percent of your gains are from threads because you're showing your expertise on something because anyone can get lucky with one tweet and like oh it just like popped off but if someone sees that you're you're showing your knowledge on an aspect like say writing you have a, a thread on how to write better you show that you're an expert pretty much or you'd like document um showing your expertise well people want to follow people that know their shit or that are competent and are interesting so you could do authority threads you can do personal threads um you could do growth threads like the really basic shit like 10 mindset hacks to do xyz but like i wouldn't recommend it. it's kind of like played out so like no, you need to I, I don't yeah no i see what you mean but at, what when you used to write threads early on did you just write as many like how do you get so good i think also you understand copy and good writing principles which help enormously keeping things spaced out keeping things concise you know all these things out but did you find that the more obviously the more you wrote, the better you you, you got as well? And oh. would you say you should tweet every single day? And even in terms of threads, what do you think is a good volume? You know, because some people might not yeah. know. Some people out here tweeting a hundred times a day and ain't seeing growth. You know, because they might be not following the right. You know, they don't have the right blueprint. Maybe or some people are writing threads as well, maybe once a month, maybe three times a week. So what would be the good? A good volume. Let's say you're a, an account that's like 
below a thousand, for example. I was yeah. trying to grow past a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a difference between you know an account below a thousand trying to grow to a thousand and an account that's like a thousand trying to grow to like five to ten k? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give us some contrast here. So when I had my first account, I was commenting like five to ten times a day under other accounts to try to grow. On my new account, my second account, I increased the volume to 20 to 60 times a day. And man, like that made a huge difference, like right away, just because you're getting that much more exposure. Like if I'm doing six times the output, I'm probably going to get six times the results and I'm going to improve my skills along the way. So if you don't want to go the paid retreats route, then you're going to have to comment. And I recommend commenting at least 20 times a day, like do more, more than like, 30 do try aim, aim for 60 and then um tweet frequency so at the time i was doing three to five tweets a day like zero to a thousand um so i was like giving the frequency out and like again over time you're gonna get better opposed to tweeting one time a day well if i'm doing five times the output i mean five times the results and i'm gonna get better that much faster so it's like exponential growth and for threads this one I would recommend because it's easy to get burnt out. Like I know people that have like, oh, I'm gonna do two, three threads a week and I'm gonna grow so fast. Well, they just burn themselves out after two weeks and then they stop getting threads and they're just, they just stop. Um, so I recommend doing what you can do without burning out. One thread a week is, I, I think that's that's a good output because you're not gonna burn out typically and you're going to get good at the process like over time and you're just going to like understand okay like this doesn't work that works well i'm going to keep iterating on this and you know like that's like there's no way around it you have to do volume to get better like you can shortcut the the volume process by getting coaching or taking a course or whatever but yeah like you you regardless you have to put in volume and that's what's going to force you to grow and get good. And I mean, not even just volume, but like understanding the principles, like a lot of people, they'll just copy my headline and like do the same format. And I was talking about this with David the other day, but like they can do that, but they don't understand the principles of like why these things go viral. And so by just copying people, um, it's going to get saturated because everyone's like copying the same shit. It's going to stop working. And then, boom, you're, you're like, oh, I don't know, like why that stuff went viral or like why that got good results and you can't replicate that. But I understand that. So like I can apply these foundations to, to any thread, tweet, whatever. Um, but that's because I have that knowledge and I actually studied it. But like these people that haven't, they can only copy. So they'll always be a subset of whoever they're copying. So like, that's another thing is just like studying the principles, applying, experimenting with your own techniques shit like that um mm -hmm. that's huge that's awesome all right i have one more question and then i think we're gonna wrap it up so what's your do you what's your vision three to five years down the road like you've done a lot actually in a short amount of time to be honest though like people you guys might not be aware but you guys can go check out um dakota's twitter after this but like even though you know you've been putting your work for an extended period of time like 
if you talk to anybody in the street tomorrow and you tell them what you've done in a short amount of time, it's been pretty quick, I'd say. Even though, but the thing is, 18 to 22, you did a lot of things too, right? So it wasn't straight. A lot of up and downs, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like on Twitter, like, you know, it's been just, whew, like, the growth has been stagnantly, like, just really, really quick. Um, And so I was wondering, what's your vision going into the future? Um, I don't know if you've, maybe you've thought about this. I'm pretty sure you've thought about this. Um, Maybe three to five years down the road, maybe a year down the road. Um, But, like, what's your vision? What do you want to create? What, what's what reality for yourself do you want to create, you know, a couple years down? Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, I don't have a clear vision five to ten years, even three. Um, I more focus on the process. So like, I'm, I'm like, okay, like I know down the line, like I'm going to keep doing the shit that's working. And I know I'm going to keep iterating on that. Like I'm not going to stop. Like I'm, I'm fucked in the head. Like I'm going to keep doing it. Cause I love this shit. Um, and I know as opportunities present themselves, I'm going to take advantage of them. So right now, ghostwriting is my opportunity done for you service. I'm getting experience with business sales, marketing, content creation, all that shit. But now I'm transitioning to more of a consulting role where I'm teaching people how to ghostwriter and teaching people how to create their offer, how to grow their personal brands, stuff like that. So I'm doing the, the coaching and then I'm also working on cohort. So instead of trading my time for money, well, I am tra- still going to be trading my time for money. But now that I have this big audience, I can leverage my audience. And so instead of one client, I can take on say 10 clients at a time with a cohort and amplify my time where like multiply. So like I have that leverage now and it's just a bigger opportunity. So I'm transitioning to that. Um, So yeah, like right now I'm focused on growing Twitter, Instagram, and those are going to present opportunities down the line. Um, Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure other side, aside from the consulting, and the cohort uh i'll probably drop a course like down the line i'll bundle the cohort uh stuff into a course and all that jazz but yeah like at the moment um those are my two main main avenues i'm pursuing and yeah it's just mainly like making the process the goal like creating content um showing up every day tweeting every day posting on Instagram, shit like that. And then I know opportunities will present themselves from that. And then once I see them, like, yes, pursue that. Or like, mm. yeah, yeah, get laser focused. Yeah, like yeah. that. Like not like just focusing, focusing, even doubling, tripling down what you're doing in the moment. And yeah. then greatness is bound to happen in the future, right? Exactly. All right. So Dakota, I think we're coming to an end to this podcast. If anybody yeah. wants to get in contact with you, um maybe they just want to message you or they want to work with you right what are the best ways for them to reach out to you because i mean you have a massive twitter audience and i'm sure you're getting a lot of dms every day so that's why i'm asking yeah uh so you can hit my only fans link up dakota roberts i'm just kidding i'm kidding okay don't do that you guys go check out the link in the description Think about baby uh no you could uh hit me up on telegram that's probably where i'm most active um for like business acquire inquiries so wrongs to right w-r-i-t-e uh you can also hit me up on twitter same username i get a shit ton of dms so i don't like it's hard for me to like go through them all um but yeah if you want like consulting or 
shit like that, hit me up on Telegram. Um, I'm not doing, I'm not taking on ghostwriting clients right now, but if you want like done with you service on how to become a ghostwriter or how to grow your personal brand, just uh, hit me up on there. All right. You guys know what to do. Make sure you drop, you know, the follow button. Obviously he doesn't need an extra follower because he's always getting followers, but you know, still follow him because you know, he's the man. And of course you heard him. Um, you guys want to message him, message him on Telegram. All the info will be um, in the show notes. So Dakota, thank you. Thank you for, you know, giving us some of your time today to show up on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, really. Um, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate your thoughtful questions. And I love chopping up with a fellow Chad. So thank you for having me. All right. And thank you guys also for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you share with one friend. You know, this is free, right? It's going to keep being free. So the only way to pay back is to share. Get as many people to listen to this as possible. Thank you guys sure, for listening. Motherfucker. I'll hang you down if you don't. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>